Hi there, and welcome to Human Nurture. I'm your host, Jason Brand. You are listening to season two of the podcast where we take up the question of how does a couples therapist learn to do that? And this is the second half of the second clinical interview with Bart and Susan. Before we get into it, a couple of housekeeping things. First of all, this is for information and entertainment purposes only. It should not be used for therapeutic advice. Uh, that's the place to go to find a counselor or therapy. And that is not what we're doing here. What we're doing is information and entertainment. Sound quality is a little bit better, but we still got some challenges. So you might have to toggle the volume up or down in order to get the best experience out of this. So getting up to speed here with Bart and Susan. They're a couple who are engaged to be married. They're in their 50s. They've been together about three years. And they have challenges around money and work and time. And this is keeping them from moving securely towards marriage. In the second interview, you get a real sense of how Bart's enthusiasm and Susan's thoughtfulness act as the glue that brought the two of them together. The challenge is that these very strengths appear quite different under the scrutinous microscope of deeply depending upon each other. Susan's thoughtfulness comes with worry, and Bart's enthusiasm, well, it lacks follow-through. This worked well enough when they were on their own. Now they realize they're going to need to learn together how to become a thoughtful, an enthusiastic team. In order to do this, Bart's going to have to learn some things about how to better hold worry, and Susan's going to have to learn some things about how to better hold enthusiasm. And notice the many times in the interview that Bart presents to Susan how he's trying to be more thoughtful and how Susan tries to hold on to this enthusiasm. In order to grow in these ways, they have to stop the patterns that led to going into destructive self-protective places. Susan has to slow down over worrying about Bart, and Bart has to slow down his promises without the organization and follow through. They're both happy to report that they have stopped themselves from going into some of these old patterns, but not doing these things, not over worrying or not promising without the organization and follow through has left this void. And that's what a lot of the episode is about, about how are they going to bridge this void. Finding a way to help the couple to venture into that void and experience a gentle unfolding of the soul, as, as Rob Fisher said in episode 11 of season one, is the job of the couples therapist. How do you learn to do that? Well, take a listen to this clinical interview, see how I tried to do that, and then listen to my two separate follow-up interviews with Melissa Ferrari and Debbie Campbell, wonderful PAC clinicians, who had so many great things to say. Those two episodes will be released over the next month. And I think you're set for listening to the second half of the second clinical interview with Bart and Susan. So here it goes. Stay focused on each other for a moment. And I just want each of you to really settle into this feeling. I, I, I mean, one thing that I'm hearing so clearly today is Bart saying, I'm hopeful, I'm, I'm coming forward, I'm coming forward. And Bart, if you can just feel into that for a moment. And Susan saying, you know, I was really hurt. And now I'm assuming more of a, of a, of a role of distance and a distant stance here as I get situated, as we get situated within within the, this, this between us. I just want you to hold both of those in mind. Just really hold that there for a moment. Bart, feel that inside of you, that energy of coming forward. Susan, feel that distance. Hold that a moment. What do you notice, Susan, as Bart holds that hopefulness that I'm coming forward? What do you notice about him? What do you see? What does he look like to you? It's very sad. Why sad? How is hopeful and coming forward sad? I don't know. I just know that his face looks very sad to me. Hmm. Okay. 
And Bart, as you look at Susan and she has and holds her distance and feels the events of February, what do you see in her? What does she, what does she look like? What do you notice about her? And there's a little tension, sadness in her eyes, her looking into me like wondering where the hope is, I guess. Did she read you? Did she read you correctly about the sadness part? Um, I wasn't feeling sad. I was actually feeling, trying to feel in the moment of like looking into her eyes and seeing where she was at. So sadness wasn't in, I wasn't feeling that in my end, but I was feeling, looking for her to see where she was at. And what happens, Bart, if you settle into your own body for a moment and you just, you feel into the energy of, you know, coming forward, trying to be hopeful, Susan seeing you as looking sad as you do it. What do you notice now about Bart, Susan? He looks more relaxed. His brow was pretty crinkled before, and now it's not very much at all. And the tension and sadness and Susan, Bart, where do you see that now? Her eyes seem lighter, not as distressed, and her lips maybe a little not quite as tight, still a little there. Yeah, where is her distance now? Where, where can you, where do you see it? I don't see as much distance in her eyes as before. Okay, as, and I believe that you both settle a little bit. You look like you settle a little bit. But I don't want to settle too much. I want you guys to get to what you need to get to today. Not as a parent-child, not as the pleaser, not as the canary in the coal mine. What is it that needs to be gotten to today? Well, I want to, I guess, just even what we're, talking about is a little challenging for me because I do feel like you've made a lot of big changes and I think I really only recently begun to try to change the parent-child thing and I do think that you've been able to come forward you've been more able to come forward when I'm distressed I don't really feel like I think of those places where I've stopped, where I've stopped the parent thing and stopped trying to lead like in the financial stuff and work stuff and intimacy. And it now feels like it's just a gap in that no one's doing it. And that's part of my, I think that's part of my sadness and the despair that came up the other day is I feel like I'm just adapting to the distance. I feel like we're both adapting to the distance and the places that I used to try to ask for conversations and a a we approach. Like I just feel like I've kind of given up on those things and I don't ask you about them now, but I don't really feel like you're bringing them forward I feel like now just neither of us are I recognize that you have pulled back in that realm kind of that leader parent role and I don't feel like I've come forward all the way because it's just been something new to try to figure out how to to be that adult in the situation um I guess I see this void that you as you pull back there's a void and it's kind of my job to fill that, you know, or fill it back in so that we're balanced. That's definitely a new role, be able to recognize that when I'm not actually, I guess, filling in that that void and be able to come forward more so and stay 
stay in a place that I can do that. And I think that the only sometimes that I think about that happening is in some of our recent disputes where I came to you and said, let's stay with this. Yeah. yeah. And that was on my side pretty empowering. I recognize that was helpful. I also recognize I have some work to do in the other areas. And I think it's just because that you were pulled back from what we said, that parent change, parent role. So I'm hopeful that I can continue to grow into the other adult role being with you in this partnership. Did you hear, Bart, that when Susan said that being in the role of being distant, it's hard for her. I mean, just, you know, that it's that's because last time we talked about how much she learned to be a sponge kind of for the feelings. So that's something new, holding that distance. But she also worries about you, what it must be like for you. She said, you know, kind of if the tables were turned, like, God, I must be hurting him by leaving him in a distant spot. Well, I definitely remember her saying something that speaks to that. And I can see she's in a very distressed state right now. So there's a lot there. She said something to me, like, I don't understand why you're still here. And I think that she does hold fear that she's hurting me or feeling that she's hurting me and who I am. And that's a big tightrope for her. She wants to have her sense. And she also does want me to be me. And she understands. And she also wants to protect me from being hurt. I also think in the past, her mechanism has been to pull away from someone and that person has always maybe gone away from her more. So when I come toward you and try to comfort you, then that can be a discomforting place, I think, in some way, dysregulating, because you don't know why that's happening. Do you have that right, Bart? Just, you got a little movement in the head, but I don't know, is that, did you get that right? Just check it out with her. I think so. How do you feel? Um, I think that it's a little confusing, but I think that I feel that I think that my experience is that I try to be assertive and open about the places in our relationship that I think need to improve and that that is met with defensiveness and anger. And then I reach a breaking point and then the other person leaves. I think I'm not used to your, I guess, two things. One is your really hearing some big things I've been trying to say as of February and doing meaningful work and not only sticking around, but sticking around with more confidence in the relationship than I have. And then the other thing that I'm not used to is I'm not used to me getting to the point of not asking anymore. I'm not used to me getting to the point of distancing. I'm not used to me getting to the point of when I feel distress, I want to go away from you and just be by myself. Those are scary things to me because it's not 
normal for me. I'm not used to being the person who withdraws. <laughs> I still want all the things that I used to ask you about. I just, I don't have the energy to ask it. I don't wanna, I wanna be in charge of your dentist appointment. I wanna be in charge of you. I don't wanna be in charge of us. This is hard work, guys. I, I have in my mind this, this idea that you've worn through a certain set of defenses, uh, kind of both of you have worn through a kind of frontline set of defenses. And now that you're, you've sort of exhausted those in the relationship, you're left with this void. And I'm aware from the little bit that I know about both of you, you have some pretty big voids in your life that really were never, were never really worked through. Bart's parents in Alaska and New Mexico, Susan's dad's passing at 18, Susan's mom having difficulty with her, with her undigested, un, unmetabolized trauma. Lots of voids in the history now show up as you try to find each other in this next round of trying to build a, a safe and secure relationship. I don't think you're far off there. I know that I can speak to that from the individual work that I've been doing and where my voids kind of stem from. And I think I understand Susan's enough to know that that's also the case there. I see you. And I know that you have a vision for this relationship. And so do I. If I didn't believe in that vision, then I wouldn't do the work that we've been doing and that I've been doing. I appreciate all the work you're doing and that we're doing. I appreciate you and what you know and what you feel. Without that, we wouldn't be right here. We wouldn't be opening up hard things and trying to deal with it. We've made some really necessary changes since February. I feel like we've taken some of the crises away, but if things feel really pretty flat and distant, and I don't want to get stuck in this place. I want to figure out how to rebuild trust and some closeness again. Yeah, the tricky part here is how do you build that trust without it becoming Bart being performative and Susan being sort of expectant, you know, that which which ends up being sort of more of a parent-child mold. How do you how do you how do you keep doing the work without falling into that? I don't know. I just know that trust is not building by me nagging him and what do you think? I don't know how to change that dynamic. <laughs> I hear it, I see it. I think that there's a little bit of that, that her, I won't say nagging, but I'd say reminding to me, used to be a big agitator and- For both of us. <laughs> I have to say that kind of the, the enlightened of ADHD and just kind of my mind where it goes has helped me be a little bit less that because I feel like, oh yeah, maybe I did forget that or maybe I am in that state or I'm in 20 different places. So it's a little bit of a cope there. And I know that we talked about that not being a, an out, but that's given me a different understanding of where you might be coming from. Not to say that I, maybe don't still get aggravated because sometimes I don't forget everything, but I am realizing that that's, that's a piece of this puzzle. It's very real. 
And I'm trying not to like fight that, but to work with it, be more cognitive of it. I think I go to the last weekend when I came to you and said, I'm feeling really all over the place. And you said, I bet you are. And you kind of reset the situation. I didn't see that as a parent thing, though. It's a very real moment of me speaking kind of what I was going through. I appreciated that. I appreciated you saying how you were feeling. And I wasn't surprised because you were trying to do five things again. And I know that part of that is you, I think, that you felt like all of those five things were equally important to me. And that wasn't true. So I'm glad that you told me you were feeling like, I can't remember what you said, like you were going in too many different directions. I saw it. That didn't feel like a parent-child thing to me either because you came to me and told me how you were feeling. Yeah, it's a very small instant, but a very big step. And I felt lost for What does the canary need to do here, the canary with you know, self-awareness, in order to not, not die in the coal mine, to stay alive, to get out of the coal mine and find a way? What does the canary need to do? I, I think, I mean two things come to my mind and they're related, but one is, I think what I've been talking about the last couple weeks is what the canary is afraid of right now is fading away and this sort of adapting to this distance, <laughs> continuing to adapt to this distance. And that's what the canary I think has been talking about the last couple of weeks is that is not typical for me and it is indicative of a problem and I'm trying to speak to it. I don't know exactly what to do about it other than name it right now. And I feel like when I think about the distance that I feel, I, I mean, for me, it feels about the same old things, you know, trust and safety security and like as a couple in all ways not our parallel decision process but like together and I feel like I need to build trust to feel the opportunity for closeness again and I, I think that what I do try to do in that way internally is to notice those things that happen that help me to build trust. Can you share any of those? Like you coming to me last weekend and telling me you felt like you were going in five different directions and needed help prioritizing. Every time you tell me you've taken care of a medical appointment, builds huge trust for me. I need a partner who I know is going to take care of themselves. And I think that's kind of like the biggest, that's like the global, <laughs> whether it's your teeth, your health, your finances, whatever, you know, the vehicles sitting in front of your work, like just that you take care of your stuff. That helps me build trust. Getting a vehicle that runs well like you did just so building trust is taking care of those things 
that take care of me, obviously, in certain aspects of what's going on my side. Yeah, for sure. And what I'm also trying to say is that I'm trying to be better at noticing those things when they do happen or when you tell me about them, because I don't really ask you anymore. I'm trying to make sure they register. Every time we have distress and things don't go like they used to, it helps me to build trust. I can see that. It's not that it doesn't happen overnight. It's the little deposits of trust, just like there was a lot of withdrawals. I don't know how to get out of this dynamic of me having expectations and you having to perform. I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to shift that. Well, I'm not not sure either, honestly, guys. I mean, I I can say that you guys have found some good ways to talk about this and think about it over these three or four months since this is really the the real um, crisis. Yeah, I, I have in my mind as we begin to wrap up here, you know, the, I know I keep returning to the canary in the coal mine. And this question of, is the canary going to die in the coal mine? And then Bart going into the coal mine and it's sort of a, it's sort of a becoming a, you know, growing up on, in the journey to find the canary process, having to really kind of let go of old ways of doing things, um, really kind of listening for the canary, trying to, you know, in the dark, how much to yell out, how much how much to come forward? What about when you get lost? What about when you get scared? What about when you get frustrated? Is it worth it? Um, should I just turn around? Should I go back? I mean, these are all, I, I think that these are all questions that must come up as you two try to find each other in this void that I think that would be a, a, a void that would, that would really need to be managed in, in, any, in any partnership that the two of you found. You would need to find your way through this void. There would need to be faith. There would need to be trust. There would need to be assertiveness. There would need to be, you know, oh, wow, my reactivity. There would need to be sort of realizations about ways that how your brain functions, Bart, and how, you know, the creative journey at the beginning feels good. And then as it, as it really, the pressure gets on, how you kind of want to turn to another creative um, spark and how your anger has really um you know, uh, uh, really scares Susan um, and has really, um, you know, that, that just having to s- and come public with that, with, with, with your anger and really take it on as, as something that lives inside of you that needs to be addressed. I don't, I mean, I think that part of this is tolerating that, that void now. And also like Susan keeps saying, not being complacent in it, not just letting that be. That's as I peek in at you guys after, you know, a bunch of months here, that's kind of what I'm seeing. Okay. Well, I think we'll, we will end the session here. Is there any, just, is there any feedback that you guys have for me or anything that you notice during this time? I, I really, I mean, I, I think it's powerful and I don't think you can almost understand the power of it unless you feel like you can get there, right? Like it's so easy to be shut down in your own stuff and, and not even realize it because that's where you go. You're in your own stuff. And so I mean, even in today's session, I felt some of my own stuff come to me and it was like then kind of put to the side and, mm-hmm. and 
able to stay in the session or stay mm -hmm. in a different place in the session, I guess you'd say. Mm -hmm. I certainly saw that, yeah. In my experience, yes, I would say that packed is, you know, not packed done well is it just goes very deep very quickly mm. and the experiential component is um just so much deeper than more of a cognitive behavioral kind of mm -hmm. yeah approach not yeah. that there's value to that but it's just very different uh-huh yeah and susan what was it like listening to the um the the feedback episode uh episode that you got what was that like for you I thought it was really valuable and helpful and insightful and in and of itself an experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we watched all of those back in January or February. Yeah, it was right in the heat of it. When we re when we watched those videos was right when we were getting real about what mm. was actually happening and mm. not trying to paint it in some pretty picture that was not accurate. Like that was, that was when we were really getting real about what was going on. And so it was interesting. It was painful mm. to listen to them and listen to what we weren't saying. I hope today gave you a sense of, I think it's a real movement from the position that you were in to this void. And I, I hear the effort in it for both of you. I hear, really hear it. And I hear the danger of falling back into old patterns in it. Um, I, I'm not, I don't want to sugarcoat in any way um, that, that the, the stakes here. And I have to say that I think it's very impressive that the two of you are making these shifts and, and working so hard. So um, I hope you, I hope that that gives you some validation in this process. It's always a little scary, like watching a video that somebody did, you know, a therapist practice, whatever podcast did of you or listening to it. And I just want to, you know, it's scary going into that, like, oh, what, what is he going to pull out from, <laughs> you know, and, um, and I just want to say that I, I have really appreciated your sincerity and um and kindness and the the generosity uh, that you offer us in seeing what is good about us or you know at least seeing our effort <laughs> so it thank you for that yeah you're welcome yeah did you feel that way too did you get a, a i did yeah i mean i was okay. like wow this is I thought the podcasts, what I've listened to so far were, it was interesting to, to listen to or watch them and then listen to the final version here and feel like, oh, okay. Like, I, I don't know, just, it, it was reassuring to hear some of the things that were picked up and understand it, um, obviously from an emotional and cognitive place. Like, oh mm. yeah, he, well, he got that right. Like that was, you know, and, uh, mm. and then also look at it and go like, oh, there was, boy, I really gave a clue there, but I didn't really speak all the way to it. You know, like yeah. I was still kind of holding this sure. and you too, you know, holding, you know, and we were like, oh, well, this is why we didn't, why it didn't fully come out. But I appreciate the real compassion there that I heard also. So I hope you guys will be up for doing another round of this. You don't have to decide now, but I will 
I'm going to play this for, I have two more therapists that I'm going to play this for, um, and then interview them about it. I hope that we can do sort of a final wrap is what I'm, is what I'm hoping for. I'll reach out to you and then, and hopefully uh, we won't be in the void. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I, I will be, um, I will be editing and, and sending you guys, um, good, good messages to find each other in the void. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Bye guys. Thank you. All right. Bye. Okay. So that concludes the follow-up couple clinical interview with Bart and Susan. Thank you again so much to them for joining me. You can join me again next time as I welcome my PAC colleague and friend, Melissa Ferrari, to the show as we look at what it is about the Bart and Susan interviews that lets a couple's therapist know that family of origin material and attachment history will need to be explored to move this couple forward. Melissa helps explain attachment styles and provides some great insights and examples of how to help Bart and Susan with the feelings of inadequacy and filling the void. So please tune in for that. And I'd love to hear from you. I'm really getting a lot out of this process. I hope you are too. It'd be great to get an email like I got from Manpreet, who was uh, very nice to hear from him. And it would be great if you gave this five stars on the Apple Podcast app or if you left a great review or if you reach out to me via email or on Facebook. Any of those would be fantastic. Human Nurture Podcast on Facebook. Anyway, that's it for today. I look forward to seeing you next time. Be well, take care. Until then. <laughs>